Welcome to Gavin Gilmore. I'm Jackie. And I'm Catherine. We're sisters, moms, and in our humble opinion, Gilmore Girls experts. So make some room in the tool shed at the Independence Inn. And join us for a stroll through Stars Hollow. Hey, Kath. Hi, everyone. Hey, townies. Today's topic is single motherhood. So we have... A lot of feelings about this going Definitely. in. Oh, yeah. I feel like we're all like riled up and I know. nerved up. and I know. The thoughts yeah. have just been <laughs> swirling around my head for the last 24 hours yeah. and maybe even like, the past week. I know. I almost felt like we, we should like process this before starting. I know. Is that very well, social worker of me? That's very social worker of you. What know. would you like to process? And Jack? I was like, let's get our feelings out. I like, know. I think we just did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just a big topic. We've been thinking about it for a while since mm-hmm. we started the podcast. We've been talking about doing this episode, and we kept saying, okay, we're going to do this. And every time you brought it up, I'd be like, ugh. I know. <laughs> we're kind of like, ooh, it feels so big. And the funniest thing is I have the best ideas about podcast topics when I have a slight headache and I'm lying in bed trying to recover. I don't know. That's so weird. But that's when I feel like I can sink into this deep state of just thinking, um, but not too hard. So it doesn't hurt my brain. (laughs) Gotcha. I get it. And I feel like I had everything I wanted to say. And then when we come to the microphones, it's another story. But no, seriously, let's get into it. Same idea. Yeah. But yeah, let's go. Okay. So, of course, there are several single mothers on the show portrayed through several Lorelai, Anna, Liz, yep. Mrs. Kim. Right. And then we even thought about um, some smaller characters like Sasha. Yes. Who was Jess's dad's girlfriend. Yeah. So we pulled her out too. Right. Any I'm missing. Of course, played by the same character as right? Anna. But so funny. Yeah. And some people might say, well, we learned in the revival that Mrs. Kim, that there was a Mr. Kim. Mm. But like for all intents and purposes. Yeah. She was a single mom yes. on the show because we never saw him throughout no. the whole main series. No, she parented alone. So we, we included her in this. Yeah. So and you and I are not single mothers so I feel like we should just put that out there too we both have partners and we Mm -hmm. both happen to be married Mm -hmm. um and I mean we I I respect the hell out of single Mm -hmm. mothers I have several in my life who are just amazing and and it's it's tough yeah so we don't pretend to know that experience but we want to just jump into like how it's portrayed on the show so on Gilmore Girls Lorelai seems like a very particular type of single mother yeah and overwhelmingly I think they show her as a very positive character right in her single motherness right and even you know and I'm just gonna kind of draw Anna in and we don't have to fully go into her yet but yeah. I definitely see a lot of parallels between Lorelai and Anna and how they're, they're portrayed with this type of very cool you know positive mm-hmm single mother who has it all together and is you know spunky and yeah young and has one child (laughs) yeah definitely has everything together yes so Lorelai is like I think we like her partly because she's a single mom and Mm -hmm. what and had Rory so young so she's she's with it she knows the current trends and current music um 
so, you know, very spunky and independent. So mm-hmm. I feel like she's this sort of positive example of single motherhood of like what society wants it to be kind of exactly so we see very few like challenges of being a single mother mm-hmm. on the show so like yes we have we see Lorelai have some things go wrong with the household very early on there's a problem with the fridge right. she deals with leaks in in the roof um, yep. There's the termite situation, mm-hmm. of course, right? So there's like there's house things she's dealing with, right? Like we see her having very to challenging. get like her gutters cleaned. Yeah. You know, she needs help with that, right? And figuring it out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. certain household tasks mm-hmm. that are difficult, or you know, she needs assistance. Yeah, so we do see some of that. Yeah, then there's a lot. There's a lot we don't see. Yes. And you were bringing up some of these things. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's so many logistics just to parenting. And then when you're doing it solo, a lot came up for me. I was thinking about, um, for example, healthcare. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was thinking about when she left her job at the Independence Inn to open the Dragonfly and Rory was still in college. What happened to health insurance? You know, that was never discussed. That was, we don't know, you know, if that was a thought, but she was able to just move from one job to another and actually to be in between jobs. Technically, when she was opening the Dragonfly, she wasn't really employed. And so what did that mean for health insurance for her and for her daughter? Right. So that's something that is very meaningful to parents and especially a single mother. Definitely. I think we see it more in her thinking about tuition for Chilton mm-hmm. and for Yale, um, which I guess some would say are not sort of necessary expenses. Sure, <laughs> she sure, sure. have to go to Chilton. Right. She have to go to an Ivy League school. Right. We might have seen, if we were seeing the tr- like traditional sort of like realistic plight of a single mother then Rory might not have gone to either of those places true like I was thinking about things like did Rory need glasses did she ever need braces you know things that can be very costly and we never see her needing anything no medical no not like that no and so I think a lot of people some of our listeners will say well you know it's a show it's supposed to be fun (laughs) this is an escape we don't want to see storylines about health insurance (laughs) but it's it's a it's a legit issue right and we'll probably keep saying that today so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the issues that we're bringing up so we're as we like to do with this show we take the concepts of the show and the way it was written and we like to then bring it into societal issues so we realize that yes the show was written for fun Mm -hmm. and for a bit of an escape and we love that about the show. And that's why we continue watching it today. Yeah. We want to just take this moment to kind of, you know, break down the way that single motherhood was presented to us with today's viewpoint. Definitely. So Definitely. that's why we know we don't want to see all these things. <laughs> we don't want to see Rory going to get braces on. But we're just going to kind of dig into that a little bit today. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like the town of Stars Hollow overwhelmingly views Lorelai in a positive light, including her single motherhood. Absolutely. Right? Like they are accepting, they embrace her. There's never anyone in town, even Taylor, who says anything disparaging about her being a teen mom Mm -hmm. 
or getting pregnant, quote, out of wedlock. Whereas we do see that in more of the Hartford subset in the Emily and Richards world. That's a good um, point the only about negatives Taylor. we hear, yeah, are that that woman Buffy or Bitsy or something <laughs> at, at one of the cocktail parties, and um, tricks. Mm-hmm. Gran, of mm-hmm. course, says a couple things about you know you're yeah. still not married, yada yada, and and Strobe and Francine, Christopher's parents, of yeah. course, which we'll talk about more, were horrible about the whole thing. Um, so it's really only like in the high society set mm. that that. Um, views her negatively. That's a good point about Taylor because I do think he is supposed to portray the conservative point of view mm-hmm. in almost everything that he says and the way that he governs the town. Absolutely. He's clearly the quote family values. I think so. Opinion and it is very interesting that he never has a word to say to Lorelai about her choices Mm-mm. and how she had Rory, raises Rory, doesn't have a partner, any of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's her off the hook. And I think that we even talked about in a past episode, we said, what if Lorelai was a woman of color? How would Taylor have responded? I think we kind of threw that into one episode. Yeah. And, you know, this is the chance to kind of explore that a little bit more. It is. Because if she was a woman of color, I feel like she would be treated very differently Mm -hmm. um, at the inn, in Stars Hollow, in where she grew up. Um, right. You know, there's so much. Both of us were doing lots of research and reading on the yeah. on this topic before we came, and mm-hmm. you read some really compelling essays from like single black moms who say we are blamed for like all of society's ills, yeah. and if children sort of like quote misbehave in any way mm-hmm. or get into trouble, it's always right. kind of traced back to us yeah. and blamed on us. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. I think it would have been a very different story for Lorelai and the writers also very intentionally gave her this perfect daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not only is Rory the perfect daughter, but Anna had a perfect daughter Yes, to the extent where there's one line where Anna yells to April, um, are you watching TV? And April says, yeah. And then Anna says, is it something stupid? Mm-hmm. Like this is the degree to which we have to think April is just so perfect. Right. That she would never watch something quote stupid on her own. Right. That her mother has to make sure she's watching something exactly. quote stupid. Because both um, girls are so bookish. Yeah. They don't have that much of a social life. Mm-hmm. So these moms never have to worry about them carousing around town, mm. no. getting into trouble with their friends. No. They are introverts. Mm-hmm. They um, need very little supervision. Very brainy. Right. Mm-hmm. And also at the same time, kind of like well emotionally regulated. Right. Exactly. There's like no neurodiversity whatsoever with yeah. within these characters. I mean, would you say maybe April has a little... Okay, April. <laughs> I, okay, I see, where you, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. yeah. Like we don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's true. She did have a few <clears throat> characteristics that we could possibly trace to a, a hint of yeah, neurodiversity. Yeah. yeah. Like she tended to focus true. on topics that really interested that's her. That's true. Despite yeah. Whether... Good point. Right, right. Um, but then, and then also just taking it off into Sasha's kid, because that was intended to be a spinoff y- with yes. Jess and his dad. And that whole California scene. Mm-hmm. So if they had gone in that spinoff direction, were we going to get yet another kid right? who sat in a 
in a cabinet? It, yeah. <laughs> in reading. an armoire? Right, in an <laughs> armoire. <laughs> and needed no supervision. Yeah. Her mom was able to flippantly say, I'm heading out. Uh-huh. Be back later. Mm-hmm. So she needed no supervision. She's reading. Right. And again, parented by a single mm-hmm. cool yep. mom. Strong. Who's like a little bit artsy. Yeah. A little bit, you know, laid back. Mm-hmm. Not a, not this sort of like mom with high expectations right. for overachieving like we see in Mrs. Kim. Right. It's like they don't even have to have those expectations. No. The kids just rise to them. Right. And I also just want to talk a little bit about, you know, the expectations on girls and women to yeah. behave mm-hmm. and to always do the right thing. And it brought me to that, too. And I know you have a ton of knowledge and expertise in this area that you might want to talk about and add in here. But I think that was my frustration with a lot of this is is so much of socialization of girls Mm -hmm. is to behave and do the right thing Mm -hmm. and to constantly walk that line. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like this was just presenting this on a platter, especially Mm -hmm. with the young girls. Mm -hmm. Look how well behaved they are. Right. And it's just like, this is the model that we're supposed to be following. I've actually heard other people speak about Rory as their role model. When they were watching Mm -hmm. Gilmore Girls as a kid, growing up and saying oh that was what I thought I should do like I should study like Rory and be like Rory and behave like Rory and sometimes it's like I mean aren't we allowed to make mistakes I know (laughs) and not always be perfect I know do you want to add to that yeah I mean there's right and there's a lot to look up to in Rory Mm -hmm. it's kind of sweet on the one hand that she's a role model but then given the hatred that everyone has for her in the later seasons which we explored in our first few episodes um it makes you wonder mm-hmm. and yeah we we definitely as a society expect girls to be more mature yes but we say oh girls are just more mature than boys that's just a fact but yes. i think it's also that's something it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy we expect them to be more more mature so bringing that back to gilmore girls mm. the only boy Yes. Who's the son of a single mom. Yes. Is misbehaving all over the place. <laughs> so we've got all the girls, all the girls parented by a single mom. Jess, in case perfect. you didn't know who she's talking about. Right? <laughs> and then we've got Jess parented by a single mom. Right. And he's out of control. Right. And how is Liz portrayed? Oh, yeah. So we have our perfect single, you know, our cool, perfect single moms. Mm-hmm. Anna and Lorelai and then Liz is presented as someone who bounces from relationship to relationship as a quote pothead yeah flaky um I've seen much worse words used about her online oh yeah they call (laughs) Um, her borderline abusive and neglectful yes neglectful abusive all those things again this is like the woman who has made mistakes so she was the one who left her family mm-hmm. so her mother had passed away mm-hmm. and then they had a family business and she decided not to stick around for this family business right. and in this small town she wanted to leave right. she didn't want to run a hardware store right. in a small town in connecticut <laughs> now how was this view which like, I, I have nothing against hardware stores but it's like yeah that's not everyone's dream no she went off to new york city mm-hmm. and how was this viewed by the people around her 
not so positively, of course, Luke felt abandoned, um, which is kind of understandable as the sibling. Sure. But I think the expectation for a woman is to be the caregiver. Absolutely. So the expectation is for her to stick around and take care of her family because Mm -hmm. the matriarch has died. So Mm -hmm. the next in line is supposed to, and that's in quotes, step up and take care of the family. And she decided not to do that. She decided to go off and have her own life. Yeah. And people don't like this. And isn't it fun? I'm going to jump in to say in our Liz episode um, earlier this season, we talked about how much she praised Luke for saving her all the time. Right. It makes me wonder now with what you're saying, Mm. if the roles were reversed and Liz had been the one to stay behind and take care of all the men, her Mm. father, Luke, Jess, Mm -hmm. would anyone have said she's my hero? She's so wonderful taking care of us all the time. Mm. Or would it just have been expected? That's That's just what she did. Such a good point. No, it would have just been expected (laughs) and totally sad, you know, because then when she does go off, and do her own thing and make mistakes as people do. She's seen as horrible and a terrible mm-hmm. mother mm-hmm. and all the things we can throw at her mm-hmm. because she made mistakes because she's right. finding her own path. Because in my opinion, she's looking for love. It sounds like she yeah. had a tough childhood, maybe the type of personality, maybe some mental health issues where she needs to be loved in a certain way. And she never mm-hmm. quite found it. She's seeking and yeah. she made her mistakes. She needed help from family members. Maybe her parents weren't paying attention to her. Who knows? Right. We don't know. But I think that this idea that her child is a direct reflection of her and mm-hmm. her motherhood, the reality mm-hmm. is that, and we can, <laughs> I won't get into nature and nurture <laughs> for too long, yeah. but the reality is that people are who they are. Your kids are who they are to a degree. And yes, you can parent them. And yes, there's lots you can do. You are influential as a mother. But they also are who they are. Yeah. So mothers need help in realizing there's only so much that we can do sometimes. Mm -hmm. And need help like distancing just that little bit. Right. So I feel like this idea that Lorelai and Anna should be lauded because they have these perfect children. And that Liz should be almost like drag through the mud because of Jess's behavior. We just need to take a step back and look at why we have these biases. Absolutely. You're so right, Jackie. And that makes me think of, of like two important points here. One is that we don't see a lot of what happened before. We don't see anything of what happened with Liz and Jess before he got to Stars Hollow. Mm -hmm. So with all the people sort of blaming Liz for being a terrible mother, I would say we don't really know what happened. Like, we don't. We hear that he was, quote, acting up, but in what sense? You know, did she yeah. think he was dangerous? Like, we don't we don't know <laughs> right. the level. I mean, the, the pranks he played in Stars Hollow yeah. were kind of tame. They were. <laughs> but he was in New York City before that. He right. could have gotten in, into much more trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and the piece about always blaming the moms it makes me think of this video that went around a few years ago I can't it was a very famous couple like an a-list celebrity couple I'm not going to say names because my memory is failing me right now but they were talking about how it's okay not to bathe your kids that much 
Okay. And just yeah. let it go. Like sometimes we just send them and they're that. dirty. And what are you going to do about it? It's just parenting. We do the best we can. You yeah. Know? And on the one hand, a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, thank you for giving me an excuse, you know, like giving me a little bit of leeway to not feel like a perfect parent. Yep. But then there were also a lot of people who spoke up and they were like, listen, if you are like a single black mom, you cannot send your kid to school looking anything less than perfect. You can't send them unshowered or having rips in their clothes or having dirty hair because you will be accused of neglect and someone's going to call Department of Child Services on you and your kid. See, we need those perspectives. Yeah. This is why we need to listen to people when they're telling us their realities. Exactly. And we need to understand that that is true. Yeah. And we need, this is why we're bringing up these issues and talking about this because people have different realities. People are treated differently depending on how they look, the color of their skin. All of this is true. Amen. (laughs) The other thing I was thinking about too was um, the concept of asking for help. Mm. So Mm -hmm. we see that Mm -hmm. Lorelai almost never asks for help. Definitely not from the father, not from Christopher. We all know when she asks for help from her parents. It's only for something for Rory, for something like education. Right. She did not want to go to them for anything, even for her house, for the termites, things like that. Mm -mm. And I would say she prides herself on that. That's one of her most formative, important characteristics is being independent. Yep. She, I think, loves that identity of being independent and sort of making it known that Mm -hmm. she left her parents at a young age, that she turned down Chris's marriage proposal, Mm -hmm. that she did not need any of that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I wonder if she created an identity that might feel a little suffocating. Because, you know, we have that scene where when she's starting up the dragonfly and... Uh, I think things with her and Jason, they might be going downhill mm. a little bit. Gran is in town. It's the incredible sinking Lorelai's okay. when, you yep. know, she's going to Luke for help because she's feeling so desperate. Right. And I think she says, you know, there aren't that many times in life where I wish I were married. Yep. You know, and that was one of them. Mm-hmm. She wished she had someone to pick up the slack. Right. Um, so... Yeah, it can be great to be independent, but then when everyone else expects you to be independent, then it can be suffocating because you're left with this like super mom identity. Oh, she can do everything. She can handle it. She doesn't need anyone's help. Thank you for bringing up the super mom mentality because I really thought about that ahead of time and that whole warrior mom concept that we hear about so much. And especially in this show, they throw around that special, she was special narrative. Oh, yeah. And I, I wanted to break that down just a little bit too. Yeah. Um, because she actually wasn't. There, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to say that generally, so everyone has gifts and talents, right? We can say Yes. That. Yes. Is anyone particularly, quote, special? So we use that, mm. and especially someone like Christopher, uses that in order to get out of responsibility yes it pisses me off yes. when he tells her that she's super mom <laughs> yes. and or whatever he scene, says yeah when he christopher suddenly has to take responsibility for Gigi. uh-huh and so he's struggling with this because sherry has left 
And yeah. Lorelai is having to comfort him. And you can see her kind of being a little bit pissy about it. Yeah. But she's still trying to support him. Right. She's like, Chris, you're just going to do it do because it. you have to. Because you you had to and I did. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you were special. And <laughs> she says... Yeah, I was 16. Oh, it was such a good retort. Right? It needed to be said. Right. It's like, Chris, what are you thinking? He's thinking that he could call her special and get out of having to do any responsibility totally. and take care of his child because, Ugh. oh, Lorelai's special. Ugh. And I think that narrative is thrown around so many times, placed on women and mothers so that men can say, you're good. You got this. I think we just saw Absolutely. this. In another TV show. Yes. Go. We just, yeah. And I don't think (laughs) this will be a spoiler by, you know, by the time this airs, but the season two of, and just like that, the sex in the city, city, you know, like what fourth sequel Mm. (laughs) happened recently. And the character Lisa faces this all season long Mm -hmm. where people are telling her, Oh, you can do it. You know, she's this documentarian, Mm -hmm. They're this wealthy family. She's got three kids, a husband who also has a big job. And it's always assumed that she can do everything. She's basically telling all the people in her life close to her all season, no, I cannot. Or like, no, I don't want to have to do it myself. And they all just say, you're amazing. You can do it. Yeah, exactly. Pisses me off to no end. Yes. And you touched on this before, but females are not actually born as caregivers no it's socialized Mm -hmm. into us and and in fact there are studies that say that the more caregiving that a man does the more his like the synapses in his brains Mm. fire when you know a child cries or needs attention and caregiving Mm -hmm. and that it's really just practice Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. makes a caregiver i mean there's studies out there about that yeah i'm sure you have them all like ready to go (laughs) (laughs) so okay we're we're definitely fired up about this topic i love it (laughs) so going back to this she's special attitude Mm -hmm. for lorelei I feel like we see this a lot in at the inn. Uh-huh. So she's this young mother. Show, Mia tells the story that right. Lorelai shows up on the doorstep with this baby, no skills, no resume, That's right. no job experience, mm-hmm. and says, I need a job. Mm-hmm. Right. And Mia just gives it to her because she feels some empathy and compassion for them. Sure. Yeah. So I want to say also, I feel like there's some white privilege here that like that Mm -hmm. would not happen to many like teenage girls of color. Mm -hmm. And then Lorelai goes on to say, you know, like she worked her way up in the inn to become the manager of the entire inn. Mm -hmm. And along the way, she says things like, well, the other maids were just so slow. She does. You know, so like we have this impression of Lorelai as not only is she like spunky and caffeinated, but she's fast Mm -hmm. and she can do things you know, faster and better than everybody else. And it brings us into this narrative Mm -hmm. of like, if everyone worked just as hard as Lorelai, yeah, then they could work, they could work their way up too. Yeah. That beat strap narrative that people love to present us with. It's like the all American story, success story. Right, the American dream. Yeah, sped to us over and over. And um, I think it's this like 
idea that anyone, no matter your economic standing, no matter your background, your color, your identity, can be successful. And um, right. it, it, you just have to work hard enough. You just have to work hard. The end. Yeah. And then you can make money. And, and it, again, it is fine. like, yeah, it is sort of that your, uh, she's special narrative because it takes responsibility off of people to support. Totally. And it puts it on the individual. Totally. Individual personal responsibility. Yes. And it, I'm sorry, but it doesn't work that way. I mean, people I need community. And this brings me back to, I'm just going to jump over to Liz for a second. Yeah. People say that she abandoned Jess mm. because she reached out for help mm. from her family member to support her son when she needed some help. Right. And she thought a, a male figure in the family might be a good role, role model, model yeah. and influence on Jess. Exactly. And so women are looked down upon for asking for help mm -hmm. and needing help mm -hmm. and not just picking themselves up by the bootstraps, mm -hmm. working hard and doing it themselves. Right. So we also see this with Anna. Um, we don't know a ton about Anna, but we do know that she's managed to own her own store and manage her child by herself. And then when Luke offers to help, she says, we want for nothing. Yes. That really had me. That, that had me really going. That annoyed me too. It, it, we've presented single mothers in this way that like to ask for financial help would be what? Like. Exactly. Selfish. Right. Gratuitous. I don't, I don't know what. I don't know what. I mean, we have systems in place to support people, but we're not supposed to use them. No. And Lorelai says the same thing to Christopher when mm -hmm. he comes into all that money. Mm -hmm. She acts as, as though, oh, we don't really need any, yeah. we don't need any money. We're, no. we're fine. As if she hasn't gone into debt yeah. to, you know, for the inn or right. maybe right? support Rory's education yeah. in, in any way. Or like, uh -huh. I, we don't know. No, we don't know. And it drives me crazy, I'm going to be honest, um, because I think it just adds to this idea in this country, again, that women... What we want to see is women who, you know, want for nothing, who mm -hmm. don't need government assistance, who right. raise bright children, who are hardworking, employed, who don't need the father's money and would never even ask, you know, no. never nag. Um, right. And who don't have needs of their own. Right. Don't need relationships, you know, don't need a love life. All of these things, we just, we don't want to see any of it. We want to believe in this like whitewashed pristine version of the all-american single mom check you just made a really good point too about that they don't need a love life because mm. both Lorelai and Anna they say in conversation mm -hmm. to yes. each other really that like my daughter doesn't meet any men that I date yeah. as a rule yeah. like unless we're engaged yeah and listen you know you can have your own rules like that's fine that might work for your family you've decided that but putting it into a larger context we can't fail to recognize that part of that is denying the needs of of the mother exactly but I think like if you had a single dad who remarries no one blinks an eye because of oh, course no. you need to get that caregiver back in there right <laughs> take care of those kids of course and what if Lorelai and Anna had asked for money you know what if Anna had gone to Luke when April was born mm. what if Lorelai had welcomed in 
Christopher and the Haydens support. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find it kind of weird that the Haydens did not financially support it's Rory so, at all, even though they're presented as wealthy. Do you think that's weird? I think it's gross. Honestly. It is gross. <laughs> like, it disgusts me. I wonder if <laughs> Richard and Emily felt like, oh, no, we have money, too. Mm. Just it's fine. Like a pride thing. A pride thing mm-hmm. of like, we're not going to put our our daughter in the position mm. of asking for money from a family mm-hmm. who's in our community because yeah. word would get out. And it would make us look poor. Right. And maybe once Lorelai decided that she wasn't going to marry Chris, Mm -hmm. that was like a rejection. So then they couldn't take their money. I mean, Lorelai still could have separately on her own requested child support from Chris like after she moved out of the house. Right. But again, we're to believe that Lorelai doesn't need that. Right. She doesn't want it. She doesn't need it. She's independent. She's got it covered. And why would she ever ask anyone Uh for money? Uh Okay. And so... Which is just like kind of going back to what we expect in this country mm-hmm. is, you know, the stereotype of like, quote, the welfare mom mm-hmm. who is just lazy and sitting around waiting for government assistance to come in. That's right. 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 So the women who do utilize the system and resources are basically punished culturally by yeah. those around them because, you know, poverty is viewed as a punishment it's viewed as um them not trying hard enough mm-hmm. and rather than acknowledge the systemic and cultural issues that contribute to poverty we're just viewing it as an individual problem mm-hmm. which is interesting because i found out that only one in four single mothers actually get any child support mm. isn't that fascinating that isn't what i feel like we would be led to believe oh my gosh um, and apparently the paperwork is pretty onerous. You have I'm to sure. like provide all of this information about the, you have to, first of all, like disclose who the biological father is. If you want government assistance, because they want to like go after the father too. Okay, you yeah. have to give all these details about like the make and model of their car and where past addresses and past oh employment. Gosh. Like how would you even know all that? Wow. And it's on most the- of the time. Wow. So yeah, I think there are a lot of deterrence in place mm-hmm. to, um, you know, to like persuade single moms really not to use this. Mm-hmm. Of course. So this kind of brings us back to the question, Jackie, of, you know, Lorelai's life and motherhood on the show is presented as a choice. When we think of Lorelai as a single mother, we think of this like brave choice that she made as a 16 year old to have the baby. And this brave choice that she made to leave the house and and not ask for support and kind of like be what we want single mothers to be. But Mm -hmm. like, was it actually a choice? You know, does the show never really grapples with the idea of Lorelai not having Rory? They really don't. Really don't. Like we get that flashback in the scene in the episode where Sherry is having her baby and we're flashing back to Lorelai and Christopher as teenagers we get a little taste of what happened Mm -hmm. and basically the four adults are deciding for Lorelai and Christopher what should happen right Strobe was really Christopher's dad is really the only one to say yeah to (laughs) contemplate terminating the pregnancy and he's like this horrible character (laughs) and he says it in a horrible way exactly 
exactly. Like, so what if we get rid of it yeah. or something? Or what if she gets rid of it? Right. Which is, you know, not the way to bring it up. But. No, it's not. But Emily very quickly is like, of course not. Right. And she dismisses it immediately. Done. And then Francine, Christopher's mom, says, well, you know, there, there are homes like this that take girls. Basically, can we send her away? <laughs> so that no one knows. For a while. That's the most important thing. Of course. Nobody knows this happens. So we don't look bad. I guess then the idea is that then they would have put the baby up for adoption. I think that, is that the idea? If you send If you send her away. Ho- yeah. That yeah. was the idea. So that nobody knows. Yeah. Right. Anything happened. Right. Mm-hmm. She would just come back senior year and you'd pretend like nothing happened right yeah (laughs) no no thoughts about how this affects the mother whatsoever no (laughs) and and Lorelai and Christopher as teenagers are kind of sitting on the stairs Mm -hmm. and saying like why are they deciding our lives for us Mm -hmm. but we don't really know as an audience what those two wanted for themselves like do we really know if Lorelai wanted this baby or not right I know the only thing that we know is that she wanted some control and that Chris was just going to go along with anything. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we we never get to dive into this topic and see what impact that would have on a young mother. And she would have the opportunity to discuss it with her parents. You know, she has two parents mm-hmm. who could have gotten into this discussion with her. And we don't get that opportunity here. No, it's not something I I would say that this show tends to not dive in. I mean, we see a lot of pregnancies and I think you and I talked about doing another episode on pregnancies because Mm -hmm. this is such a hot topic (laughs) within the show where this is we don't talk about choice. There's a lot of surprise pregnancies, a lot. They're almost all unplanned. They really are like except for Suki's Martha. Yeah. Her second child. Yeah. They're almost all unplanned Mm -hmm. and there are very few conversations about real choice. There's a lot of strong feelings, you know, out in the fandom about it too. So I would love to get into this a little bit more. Yeah. I think we're going to need an episode entirely devoted to sex, birth control, pregnancy, reproductive rights, all of that. Because it's, it's just not contemplated for anyone. And in fact, we sort of see um best friends and partners like of the pregnant person in Gilmore Girls kind of just saying you can do this you're gonna be fine exactly like Lorelai does this to Suki she kind of says like oh it's gonna be okay and the third pregnancy that Suki was really mad about yeah um Lorelai kind of convinces her to do that and then when Lane gets pregnant later on yeah Rory's like you can do this. Yeah. You know, you're going to be fine. It's okay that you don't know everything. That's a good point. Neither best friend ever says like, well, you don't have to have yeah. the baby if, if you're not ready, if you don't feel like you can do it. That's so, so true. Yeah. We're getting into big territory here, but it's, it's interesting too. Like when you think about, I think it was hard for shows at this time that were focused on the teen demographic yeah. to portray pregnancy in a really in-depth textured way yeah like we get a lot of shows you know we get a lot of pregnancies where like oh it ends in miscarriage and I didn't really want it anyway so it's fine right you know um, I wondered too if there were any restrictions based on the network that it was on well Jackie it's interesting you mentioned that because I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole Mm -hmm. before 
this before recording today and there was this issue on Everwood. So there were a couple of unplanned pregnancies on Everwood, one that was relating to the core characters and one that was more of a side story Mm -hmm. for the dad's um, medical practice. He had like this small town medical practice Mm -hmm. and a parent brought their teenage daughter in and asked for an abortion because she had slept with um, like an older, I think like a piano teacher or something like that who was much older than her. It was clearly inappropriate Mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, probably considered like child rape or sexual Mm. assault I don't know I can't remember how old the teenager was okay um and they the doctors in the small town practice ended up going through you know Mm. performing the abortion so like um but then apparently the either I don't know if it was like the WB or the CW or or where the reruns were playing but the network decided not to ever rerun that particular episode again and it was like a big scandal oh my gosh okay and so then later when a core character's girlfriend got pregnant they again they sent her away okay and this is like i don't know if anyone remembers this this was ephraim and madison they send Madison away. And like, I, I think Madison as a character probably would have had an abortion in mm, real life. Okay. But instead she doesn't tell the boyfriend Ephraim that she's even pregnant because the dad dissuades her from doing it. They send her away and oh she puts, gosh. she has the baby and puts it up for adoption. Oh my God. So I feel like this is kind of a representation of how shows at the time were dealing with it wow. in the early aughts, even the late nineties. Mm. Um, they kind of, tiptoed or they wanted to deal with it yeah, but not really had a hard time doing it right because we were uh, we were talking this morning about how Shonda Rhimes has has really dealt in her shows like Grey's Anatomy and yeah. some of the other shows with abortion and she as with all topics gets right in there yeah <laughs> does such she an does amazing job no. <laughs> Shonda always gives it to yeah. us <laughs> And so that was really disappointing too on the, yeah. just like that season two, the same character, Lisa yes. finds out toward the end that she's pregnant and is horrified yeah. by this news mm-hmm. because she feels like she's doing this whole mothering thing on her own. Yeah. Um, again, her best friend tells her, you can do it. Yes. You can do it. Uh huh. And, and here I am sitting there thinking like, it's 2023. Yes. You know, she is like a, a mother of, of three in her forties. Uh-huh educated has money like she's probably gonna have an abortion no no no. she kind of like resigns herself to it Mm -hmm. and then everyone told her she could miscarrying because it's like oh convenient way to just yep take care of that storyline yeah absolutely it's like what were we working toward all season so disappointing yeah it was Mm. how about mrs kim are you getting into Mrs. Kim at all? We talked about her in the beginning. I know. I mean, and we sh- haven't really touched on her at all. She's so different from the other characters. So different. <laughs> and you know what I think most about Mrs. Kim? We all know she is this very controlling, strict mother. Honestly, she kind of has that like tiger mom trope to yeah. her. Um, Definitely a bit that stereotypical in the beginning. I do think yeah. they they have her grow throughout they the do. series but you know what i think about mrs kim jackie like here's my hypothesis yeah i love hypothesis. <laughs> that, do you remember when we talked about 
um, sexuality of women of a certain age. Yeah. I believe it was episode five. Mm-hmm. And we talked about Miss Patty and Emily as these mm-hmm. kind of two polar opposites. Yeah. One very, very confident in her sexuality and one very prudish. Right. I feel like Mrs. Kim and Liz are kind of the polar opposites um, again of these single mothers. Like one is super strict. The other right. is loosey goosey and right. doesn't, you know, is portrayed as neglectful. And then who do we have again in the middle? Right. <laughs> Lorelai. <laughs> the perfect middle. The that's perfect a re- middle. Yeah. That's a good hypothesis. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate that we have Mrs. Kim's growth. Cause I think sometimes it's a little hard to watch in the beginning and you know with her controlling nature and some of the things that she does with lane are a little it's a little tough yes it feels harsh it does um she literally locks her in her room oh my <laughs> does she she literally does oh. yeah like she says to lorelei i have the key like i didn't throw it away oh, i have it i'm like oh no <laughs> um that's bad like doesn't let her go to school yeah and keeps her in her room so some yeah. of the things were over the top yeah. but um I think that we understand from her that she's she comes from a place of fear. Yeah. That she's trying to protect her daughter mm-hmm. in this world that is newer to them. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we know how long Mrs. Kim's been in the country. I think I, think I feel like they say different to things. I once. Yeah. She says like I've been here in this country 20 years. Yeah. I know what big knockers means. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, she also <laughs> says, I just want to keep Lane safe. Yeah. And Lorelai's like, yeah, me too. Yeah. And, and so they have a lot of simpatico like, moments yeah, together. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So we understand where she's coming from. And yeah, she does grow. And I appreciate that we have, you know, a little diversity in the show. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> different mm-hmm. perspectives and ethnicity, which is nice. Yeah. And um, thankfully, they, they grew her a little bit out of yeah. the Tiger Mom trope by yes. seasons five and six, where she starts supporting Lane's band yes. and supporting her and Zach. It's, yes. it's really nice to see that growth. All right. Before we wrap, this is a segment we call You Got Totsied. Just like the scent of Totsie's perfume never quite leaves your clothes, Gilmore Girls never quite leaves our brains. Yay. So, Jackie, how mm. did Gilmore show up for you in your real life this week? Well, I mentioned recently that my mother-in-law stayed at an ice hotel. Oh, yeah. And so she's a big traveler. She so does the coolest is, things. She goes very interesting places. So this is another one. So she went to Estonia. And cool. marzipan is very big there. So she oh, brought yeah. us back all this marzipan, marzipan candy. And I was in hysterics. I'm oh like, God. oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> you might all remember when the Gilmores brought marzipan back. Totally. And were insisting that Lorelai and Rory eat it. I think one was shaped like a bunny rabbit. So at first, Lorelai's yeah. like, no. And then she's like, I want the bunny rabbit. Because mm-hmm. so, it's fun. Because yeah, she's a seven. Exactly. <laughs> And my mother-in-law brought back one that actually was shaped like a bumblebee. So I was just like, oh <gasps> no my way. gosh. Yeah. So, so are, we, are they always in cutesy shapes? Well, no. So that was the one. So it was actually like no. a box of candy where they were more like rectangles and they were very soft and nice. Okay. So more those were delicious. Okay. I don't know how the bumblebee was because I'm waiting for my daughter to eat it and tell me. <laughs> so wait, you, you had one too? I had the, the rectangular the candy. They were lovely. They were. They yeah. were. You I, liked they it? were soft. The taste? I could swallow it. Okay. Like I was chewing it for what an hour. What does it taste like? Is it caramelish like or almondy? Kind of toward that pistachio, sort okay. of a nut kind of flavor. Okay. 
Cool. It was nice. That's How about awesome. You? I love that she brought you marzipan. <laughs> I know. She's so cool. <laughs> Mine, I was thinking about my car is just getting very old mm-hmm. and I've been known to complain lately about how techie cars are getting on the inside. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it's a safety issue too. I'm not going to preach for too long, but like, you know, you have to like look for a while and press all these buttons to figure out your temperature and what's the fan thing. And I kind of love my old car because it's just knobs. Same girl, same. Old school knob. Right. You have have a 2004, right? Oh my God, you just ratted me out. (laughs) (laughs) You have a van from the Stone Ages. Sorry. I love your van. (laughs) I know. And, And I just love those old school knobs where... You don't have to look. Yeah. You just turn it hot or cold uh-huh. and you turn the air up or down. And so I was totally. laughing to myself thinking about, do you remember when Lorelai, like she needed a new car, but she was yes. looking at the brand new Jeeps <laughs> and thinking, I just want the inside of my car yes. to be the same with like a nice new engine. Yes. And Luke, bless him, like went out of his way yeah. to make that happen for her because he's amazing and we right. love Luke. <laughs> But I was thinking, I kind of wish I could do that. Right. Because you can't even get an old school interior anymore, no, can you? you can't. Like, you no. can't downgrade. These they don't cars make them think a lot of themselves, don't they? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so either I'm going to have to get, I don't know, an old used car or like yeah. I'm going to have to call Luke Danes and have him help me. I There you go. That's the answer. Okay. Woo. All right. You all. I think that's it for us. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again. Yeah. Do you love Gavin Gilmore with us? While you're listening to this episode, we'd love if you would leave us a review so we can reach more Stars Hello super fans. It would mean so much to us. And of course, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Produced with support from Studio 20 South, cover art by MGI Studios. See you next time. Hopper boo.